Do you like, do you like seltzer water? I do. Really? I do. Oh my god, you do? Yeah. You're the only one I know who does. Are you serious? Yeah. Dude, regular water is like a fucking homework assignment. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. It's your boy Ricky, a.k.a. Dick Chuck, a.k.a. the man behind the can at Seltzer Time Official. Here, as always, with my conversation accomplice, the man with the hunch about what's there, Travis. What is cracking fizzle fiends? Welcome back to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. And as always, we are so glad you came back and listened to us. Nicely done, sir. I know I didn't laugh. There was a little, there's a hint of a <laughs> I started to laugh at the very end because then I thought about the fact that I didn't laugh during the intro and we got through it. Uh, <laughs> nicely done. This week on the show, we have Bert LaValle from Sustainable Comfort, Dead Horse Hill, and Simjang. Before we get there, you know what we got to do. Hey, Ricky, how was your week? My week was good. Um, started a new job, so that was kind of fun. Hey! I was only a free agent for like a week. <laughs> Man, you got scooped up quick. I know. It happens. I'm not um, surprised. Yeah, so I'll, that's uh, kind of more on my stoke, so I'll talk about it more later. But, okay, uh, fair deal. Yeah, so just kind of kind of getting used to that and getting the and, feet wet yeah getting the feet wet we slinging the gear we had our last official night at the dive bar i know we've done like four of these since we closed but oh i heard there will no longer be anymore i had, I had a nice little out. conversation with mike d last night oh yeah um mike d says he has not been that way in a very long time it got a little crazy um there was a cabinet downstairs in the basement of the dive bar is terrifying so whenever we would like like drop the the deposit or whatever, you do it quick and you get out. Like you don't hang out in the basement because it's so scary. There was a cabinet that I walked by like, you know, three to five times a week for almost seven years. Do you want those? Yeah, I was like, I knew it's here somewhere. <laughs> for like seven years and I had no idea what was in it. So the other night, pretty much everything's now out of the bar. There's not a whole lot left. Um, but Alec, we opened this cabinet and it was like, basically like a mini cellar of beers Whoa. that were no more they were no newer than like 2007 so right. we, we got to drink some like pretty awesome epic old beers it's great are they still good yeah yeah as long as you're not like like you can't really sell her an IPA. you can't sell her an ipa it'll lose flavor it'll be gross um anything dark we drank some barley wines which is like my least favorite style of beer because they're too sweet they're way too boozy like there's they're things i don't enjoy um, but it was kind of cool to like have some that were 12 years old or older. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. Sours age really well. So yeah, we did that. Um, it was cool. I got to take home one of the chalkboards. Some pretty, you did? Yeah. I was pretty excited about that. You got your chalkboard. Yep. I got the chalkboard and then I got the, the mixer for the stereo system and oh. I got all the Underberg too. So, which I'm never, well, eventually we'll figure out what to do with that, but all the strips and the trucks and the- Mike D got one of the strips. Um, I got one of the one truck that was left and then I, literally the remaining like case of Underberg is like Naomi's like what why I'm like it's awesome <laughs> we so. have enough forever <laughs> she hates it so it's bitter it's like yeah. black licorice or crack is what I somebody pretty, told me yeah it's like kind of gross but kind of good nicely done so I'm yeah. glad you got your chalkboard me too I was stoked Naomi was pumped too and then yesterday she's cause like I obviously I just took it out of my car and like went to work yesterday so it was just in our living room so i got home last night and she's like i'm really happy you got this but like 
where's it going to go? Because <laughs> it's bigger than you would think. Oh, it's a giant-ass chunk. Yeah, so I was like, I don't know. So we just kind of put it in the side room for now, and then I'll figure something out. That was a pretty pretty fun week. So, I'm yeah. glad you guys had your final to the final to the final party. Me too. I'm very tired of staying up late. When the dive closed, I thought I'd be going to bed early going forward, and that hasn't really happened. So Naomi's pumped because now I'll actually be home. Yeah. Which is good. And you've been dipping into Arrested Development, she told me. You started Arrested Development. I'm so wait, proud. Wait, 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 wait. Arrested Development, the new one, or? The original. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's I've never seen any of it. Are you a fan? I am a fan, and but the original, I mean, I was really happy when they, they, they came out with kind of like a, a reboot of it, because just revisiting those characters is really cool, but the original is... Yeah. Agreed. It, yeah. We're only in, either, I think we're still in season one. We, it's only been a couple days. Like, we said that we started Monday night, we watched a, probably like four or five episodes Monday night, and then we watched two on Tuesday, and then that, that was it. Yeah. So, tonight, the plan is, when I get out of work, a couple more episodes. Nice. But I'm, I'm into it. it. Took it's, me a while. It took me a couple episodes to like, because everybody's like, it's all inside jokes. Like you need to give it a little while to get going. And I was like, yeah, all right, cool. And like farts were funny. And then I started to really laugh the last couple episodes. So it's yeah, I get it. It's I, I agree with you too. But the reboot, I was stoked on it. But then when it came out, it was like, ah, this isn't good. And then they recut it. They put it back in like the sequential order the way it should be, and right. re-released it. And it's not as it's okay. See, they, they kind of lost me with the reboot, and I, I I stayed through it, but then they recut everything and went back, and I, you know, at, at that point, I was like, ah, some things, you, you kind of can never go back. Right. Like it, it's never going to be as good as the original, so. I completely agree. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're digging it. Thanks. I have a very productive week. Um, I'm wrapping up this project for the Worcester Cultural Coalition. We're in the final uh, days of that. A couple logos. Pretty nice. stoked to get those done. Uh, I've been making a lot of Squarespace websites this week. <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm working on three or four right now. Um, and uh, I'm super excited to talk about, well, I can only talk about like a little bit. Uh, I met with our buddy Joe Jacobs from the okay. Worcester Red Sox, and we are working together on a very cool project that's happening in like two weeks or so. I literally can't talk about anything else other than that it's a very cool project. He made me sign an NDA. Like this is a little bit bigger than the, the stuff I normally get to work on. So that's awesome. Really, really pumped on that. Nice. So yeah, this week has been pretty good. Staying productive. Cool, cool. But like we teased off the top, we have Bert. Do you like Bert or Albert? We can start there. You know, most people call me Bert. Uh, there are still a few that, that want to call me Albert. I don't, I, I'm comfortable either way. Okay. Yeah. So we have Bert LaValle from Sustainable Comfort and Dead Horse Hill and Simjang. And we're in his beautiful office. Your office is wonderfully decorated. Thank you. That's, that's, that's really nice. Uh, we, we have a, a, a team of two uh Two designers that, that do a lot of our construction stuff, and they're fantastic. So thrilled with how this came out. It's about a we're about a year in at this point to, okay. to being in this space. So I love the colors; very bright. Yeah, yeah. I got the elevator door opened, and like Ellen was there, and I was like, "Hey!" But it's also like all of the sign; like it just feels like I don't know. Yeah, it was like super comforting walking into it. It's awesome. I mean, I also came from like the freezing cold outside, so I walked in. I was like, "Oh, it's nice in here. Oh, this is awesome!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So uh, we can start with sustainable comfort, seeing how we're sitting in the offices. We are now celebrating or coming up on celebrating five years. Of- yeah, it's it's five years next week. And I don't know when this uh, when this gets released, but it will probably be like a day or two after that, I think. This will be released on the 19th. Yeah, yeah which I, I, I got to say, like five years is kind of crazy to me because uh, I, I can 
I can still remember coming home and telling my wife like, hey, we can either move to Indianapolis or we can we can start this company. What do you want to do? <laughs> and and uh, to my wife's credit, I mean, it, she's great. She she's like, uh you need money like here's what I got in my savings account my little nest egg like let's take it let's go uh let's do this uh I remember that like it was yesterday sure and it's been it feels like I kind of haven't stopped going uh for for five years so it's it's just wild to me it's actually been that much time like how much how much has gone by so uh glad to glad to have uh you know been been doing this for the last five years Sure. I mean, you're clearly seeing successes. You wouldn't get in a beautiful office like this if it wasn't working. Yeah. Uh, you know, we uh, we we kind of have a, a an interesting story in that we were we were part of a, a larger corporation. Like I uh, I came to Worcester about 15 years ago uh, to go to WPI, and uh, WPI is a great school. They teach you uh, a lot about like problem solving in the real world. And they teach you a lot of very complex mathematics. And what that, what I really learned during that experience is that I suck at complex <laughs> mathematics. So I, I, uh, I, I got out of school and I was like, well, I, I definitely can't be a real engineer because I'm not, I'm not good enough for that. Uh, and it, you know, I was lucky, graduated at a good time, uh, kind of could could choose from a couple different options. And there was this company that uh, the pitch to me at the time was. Uh, we're we're gonna make a startup inside a larger publicly traded company that's gonna focus on uh, you know kind of sustainability, energy efficiency, uh, and I think I was the the fifth employee to join that company, um, right out of right out of college, kind of in a sort of sales role. Um, and with with them, uh, they had subsidiaries all over the United States, so big geographic footprint, lots of different stuff going on. And we uh, about about six months in, you know, I got a call from from somebody up in Syracuse, New York, who needed this very particular kind of service. Uh, they had a client asking for it, and so I, you know, drove up there, met with the client, signed a little deal. Uh, as it turned out, and I didn't know this at the time, you know, it was a, a project involving some. Uh, uh, utility incentive programs, some uh, kind of sustainability stuff in an affordable housing project. Uh, and the state of New York had just said, you know, hey, we really, we think climate change is a thing. We got to start to address this. Uh, we want to start focusing in the areas where we, you know, can have a lot of impact, which is our affordable housing portfolio. And so they were starting to do, to, to push this, but there's nobody around in the marketplace that kind of knew what they were doing. So uh, we did a good job for that client. And what happened that I didn't anticipate was that client worked with an architect and worked with a contractor and that architect worked with six other clients and that contractor worked with their six other clients. And those people worked with different architects and contractors. And we just sort of grew very quickly um, by word of mouth alone because it's fantastic. It, it's the strongest. It's the yeah, strongest way of it, it was it was so cool. And uh, that that was uh, ooh, that was like 2009. So we're we're 10 years on from that. Uh, what wound up happening is that that sort of grew into its own little business unit. Uh, the company I was with, uh, they they grew as well. So I was supervising that. I was doing some other things, and then they were just they're part of a, a big corporation, and corporations kind of uh, they move with their own sort of decision making that's often very far removed from what's going on in the field. Agreed. And so they had decided we were based out of Windsor, Connecticut. I was still living in Worcester, driving into Windsor. <sighs> that's uh, a haul. 
It is. It sucks. I've been to Windsor, Connecticut. It's a hall. It's a hall. And it's, I mean, I don't mean to knock Connecticut or anything. Anybody that lives in Connecticut, but I mean, <laughs> it's not like, there's nothing in Windsor that you want to go to. No, it's, it's not. not <laughs> Bert, there's a reason I moved up here. I'm right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, they, they were just like, oh, um, you know, we have all these different like businesses that have all these satellite offices. We really just think we want to put them all in one place. And, and that place is Indianapolis. <laughs> which, what? Yeah, and I, I mean, I, look, I, I was a company guy. They still are a great company, so I, w- I would never say anything bad about them. It's Comfort Systems USA. Uh, they, they're a big company. They've grown a lot since we left, but they wanted us all to move to Indy. Uh, so I came. I was willing to entertain it. Like I yeah. was, I was a company guy. My, my wife, who's a, uh, she teaches eighth grade English, and she was very, she was willing to entertain it. Most of the people that I was working with, my my kind of uh, the members of my team, they were not. So the option was like, go to Indy, rebuild this whole thing, or hey, we've got this business here that maybe without us, they're going to have a really hard time running. Uh, so if we gave them a little bit of money, and I tried to tell them uh, like five hundred dollars, that didn't that didn't go over. But if we <laughs> if we give them uh, a little bit of money, they'll they'll let us you know just take the clients, take the business, and and kind of walk away. And that's what we wound up doing. I mean, they they still gave us a very good deal. Uh, we're still friends with them to this to this day. So uh, grateful for that opportunity. And that was that was five years ago. Uh, have grown ever since. So it's essentially you guys became their competition. You bought the clients. That's interesting. Well, it's not. It's not okay. So, so it's, now it's not. Yeah, it's, it's, it, yeah. It's <laughs> we were just talking before we started the show about I peel oranges very well, but <laughs> it, it's not apples and oranges exactly. But they they sort of saw us as an add-on business, sure. and when we left, there's nobody else doing that within that company. What's kind of like. Uh, you know, things come full circle to me is now they hire us to do that for them. There you go. Yeah, That's so awesome. That works out great. Yeah. So now I become the authority. Yeah. That's interesting. All right. So I need to admit something. I texted Ricky last night. I said, do you know what sustainable comfort does? Because I got to admit up until yesterday, I don't know why. Has anybody else thought you guys made furniture? Oh my God. This is, <laughs> uh, this is totally a thing. The, okay. Two things I'm so to me, glad I'm not the only one. Two things happen to me all the time. So I say the word, they're like, who do you work for? I say sustainable comfort. And they say, is that a furniture business? Uh, I, I don't, I, I don't know what, like comfort, I guess, I, whatever. Uh, and then the other thing that happens is they say, okay, the next question is, well, if you don't make furniture, what do you do? And I say, well, we're, uh, we're in sustainability and green building. And they say, oh, does that mean solar panels? Uh, and it, you know, we do occasionally get involved in solar panel projects, but that's definitely not what we do. Right. It's a component, but not the focus. Right. right. But, you know, people, when they think about environmental kinds of sensitivity, sustainability, whatever, that's, that's a lot what they think about. I, we tend to take a much, um, uh, I would say, broader perspective on that. Sure. For, for us, sustainability is mostly, uh, you know, it starts, it does start with the building and it starts with making that building efficient and healthy and, uh, you know, uh, having as little impact on the environment as it can. Those things are important. But it also, how does that building interact with the community that's around it? Are you, you know, just kind of making something that's going to exist in isolation or does, does it, um, you know, do the people living in it then go out their front door and participate in the community? And how do you uh, have design elements and put thought into making that, um, you know, uh, 
as positive as possible that 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 impact that the building has on the community so it's it's a lot of different things sure so it's um, part place making it's part green design do you yeah. guys do like lead certificate design or like yeah it, you know leads leads a fascinating thing to me because uh we do a lot of lead projects actually sure. a lot of the uh, a lot of the stuff we work on, um, you know, might be a larger uh, 100 unit housing development that somebody's putting up somewhere. And they, um, for whatever reason, sometimes it's a social reason or a marketing reason. Sometimes it's a funding source that's telling them they have to do these things, but they, they'll have to uh, choose programs to comply with, one of which will be LEED. Uh, and when I, I've kind of seen the whole evolution of LEED because I, I've been in this business for 10 years and it was just coming on the scene and it really moved the market. People weren't uh, aware of kind of, uh, they, they, they were thinking about energy efficiency in the sense of like, hey, we should get those curly light bulbs instead of the other ones because they use less energy. And that's that's great. That's a start. But they weren't thinking about it holistically. LEED started to try to introduce those concepts. Uh, but I... I it, this is just my opinion, and I, I hate to be negative, but they've kind of outlived their usefulness because Understood. now now it's like uh, we almost don't have to do any work to get a project to lead. Most of what we're building that's code or might be doing Energy Star or something like that, you're already 95% of the way to a lead certification. Uh, they really need to take where they what they've built and expand it, but they're having a hard time doing that because uh, it's become a money-making operation. Absolutely, so. yeah. That that makes me a little bit sad. So you, you mentioned lead, and that that's uh, that's something that I I come from before I started all this nonsense. I was in the civil engineering world doing marketing for a company oh. called Tetra Tech. So okay. I did a little like I didn't do anything hands on, but I've helped engineers build their certification, build uh, whatever. So yeah, I have some small familiarity with this stuff. Um, the place making place making aspect is always super interesting to me. Do you guys do like? All right, this is silly. Shadow studies are one of the most interesting things in the world to me, and I didn't know they existed until I got into the civil engineering world. When you erect a building, the erect is also a word I could never stop but laugh at. Uh, when you erect a building, um, you are going to cast shadows. So there are companies that specialize in shadow forecasting, and they will, with the building, they will figure out where these shadows are going to project and what impacts they're going to have, and that goes into how they position things and oh yeah like and it's the other way around too so if you're if you're putting some uh, you know say you're in new york city and you want to put a a building into the middle of a block because there's no like uh kind of undeveloped land left sure uh now you've got to start to think about okay well what do my hvac uh, you know do i need more heating on this side because during the winter time all the sun is going to be blocked by this building next door or conversely, you know, you put it somewhere where maybe it's a little bit of a warmer climate, say Austin, Texas. Uh, how do I get sh- the shading right such that the hot times during the summer when the sun's directly overhead, we can reduce our cooling load. But then in the winter, when it's a little bit cooler, we can let a little bit of sun in so that we don't have to spend as much money, uh, you know, heating the building. Uh, people, you're right. People, people that's, do just that. That's like that's a whole smart. job. That's why. <laughs> But it's, it's brilliant. It's it using is, yeah. one of the most abundant resources we have. Right. That's crazy. I didn't know. I, I, that, like, never, ever, ever crossed my mind. I mean, I also have never, like, built a building, but. It's interesting. Whoa. So are you guys civil? Like, technically, I mean, are you more on, like, so how does sustainable company comfort, wow, 
let's just take that all from the top. <laughs> How does sustainable comfort work? Do you work directly with a client or are you guys hired by like a contractor to be brought in on a project? Well, we do a couple of things. So uh, it, it started with uh, just our core, our original core business was we get hired by somebody who's building a building. Let's, let's call them a developer to work with their architect and their contractor to make that building more sustainable somehow. And there are, there are different ways. Lead is one of them sure. uh, kind of doing that. And what we learned, I mean, we, we do a lot of that work still. What we have learned doing that work is that uh, as much as we can educate that team, as much as we can really help them, and it's a very collaborative process. I, I really enjoy working with those teams. At the end of the day, the person making the decisions about what actually gets done is that developer. Uh, so pretty much since I've started in this business, I've wanted to be a developer. Uh, and and been passionate about that, and in particular because I live in Worcester and I I, I love this this town, uh, I've wanted to work on buildings in Worcester. So after we um, after we'd started and after I'd gotten involved in Dead Horse and that was off the ground, uh, we were looking around for kind of like how do we how do we grow how do we do more, uh, and what we settled on is we want to do some some development in the city of Worcester, uh, and that that was about three years ago when we decided that we've been. Um, we've been we've been doing it for a little while. Uh, we at, at this point we have um, you know uh, by the end of this year we're gonna have a, about 20 buildings in the city that we've uh, we either are in the process of um, you know doing some work on or we have already done that work and now we're just uh, you know owning them and renting them out and uh, kind of trying to to manage them that way. Uh, and in the process of wanting to be that developer, what we realized is not only do we want to be the developer, we also want to be the contractor because we want to control, you know, the quality of the build. We really care about uh, making these buildings as sustainable as possible. And one of the things that's really uh, tricky is educating contractors on how to do that because the, the building trade is like no other business I've ever worked in. If there's an argument, the guy with the most gray hair wins. Everybody <laughs> wants to do it like, you know, their dad did it and their dad before that did it. So there's just this like really entrenched inertia that uh, you have to overcome. It's not that I, there's not a contractor out there that you will meet that tells you they want to build a crappy building. In right. fact, almost to a person, they will tell you all the things they do to build a better building. Uh, and these will be people that, you know, in in the early part of my career when I was going out and I'd get hired by a developer and I'd be meeting with their contractor and they'd be like, well, you know, you don't have to worry about me, uh, little boy, because I was <laughs> – I didn't have a beard. Um, <laughs> so, so somebody told me once I looked like I was 12 and that's, then I grew up. Every beard. time I shave my beard, that's right. what I look like. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Yeah, so I, I remember going to those meetings and like, who is this 12-year-old boy that tells me I need to build better? What does he know? Uh and so you'd go and they'd be like, I, you know, we build really well. And you'd have to kind of be like, okay, you do. You care about quality. You care about these things. But here's a different way of looking at this. Here's a, uh, a way of understanding a little bit more about how these things are interacting uh, that we can teach you about and we will make a better building still. Um, that's, a, that's a pretty long learning curve to, sure. to climb. So we want, if we're going to be doing this in Worcester and we focus a lot on, on kind of triple decker size stuff yeah. uh, and we're going to be doing it over and over again, we would rather educate, you know, our folks uh, so that they really buy into the mission and the vision. And uh, then we can really make something that's repeatable and it's going to allow us to do this, you know, for a long time. Cause uh, I'm, I'm 
35, like I'm just kind of getting started here. And I, I, I think a lot of uh, our team feels that same way. We want to, we want to have an impact and that, that takes a while to do. So. Yeah. But I mean, it really doesn't take that long in the grand scheme of things because you guys have clearly started to make an impact. 20 buildings. So of those 20, most of them are triple deckers, correct? That is correct. Yeah. So I, I did notice that you guys were, and then, um, what, so my curious, oh my God, I'm following all of my words today. Uh, what is it about the triple decker that appeals to you so? Well, I mean, we could start with, there are, it, it depends on who you ask. And this is something that I just think is funny because, uh, the first time I heard this, there are 10,000 triple-deckers in the city. Really? Well, depends on who you ask. Because sure. then, wow. I, then I hear there are 7,500. Somebody told me 4,950. I, I don't guess know. the 5,000 range if I was to give a gut reaction. I It, it could be. I mean, it could be 5,000. It could be 10,000. Both of those are... Fucking big numbers. Can, yeah. I, can I swear? Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah, we swear. <laughs> oh, my God. Truthfully, we've been in this nice office, and so we're like, we probably don't want to this swear. This is the longest but, I think we've ever gone with us. Yeah, swear, so. please, please. See, everybody's hair came down. Everybody's garbage. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. There, there are, so, okay. So, say there are 5,000 of these things. They were all built between 1890 and 1910, right? And so you look at the average age of these compared to uh, – I saw a statistic that I used to quote. There was uh, the average age – uh, of all the housing stock in the United States is I think it's I think it's 37 years in in Massachusetts it's 59 years yeah Worcester triple deckers now we're talking the average age is like 117 yeah that's uh, crazy. so these are these are old buildings but they're so well built yeah. uh, and I, so we we've done a lot of work in this area of the city uh, near Bell Pond we call it Bell Hill um, those that neighborhood what's fascinating to me about that neighborhood is is that, that was the Swedish neighborhood back, back in the time period we're talking about, the 1890s to the 1910s. And the buildings, you know, you walk in, they're amazingly well built. I, I'll take our, you know, our carpenters who have uh, come from a career of building, uh, you know, stick frames, single family homes and, and multifamily buildings. And I'll show them how these things were put together. And they're just they're blown away. They're like floored with how much care and detail went into these things. And it's because. It was a community that came here uh, from far away who were building houses for themselves. Right. You know, it was like you know, the person that you were going to see in, in church or walking down the street or whatever it is that tied that community together, you know, at work, uh, at the manufacturing plant. They were the people that you were building homes for. So they, they just were so incentive, incentivized to do a really nice job. And because they were, uh, you know, uh, labor standards were different back then, uh, they they could also spend a lot of time. Like most of the work that went into those things, uh, most of the costs, I should say, that went into those things, um, from their perspective, was the materials. So they took great care with the materials. Uh, and I just, I it's hard not to love that. It's like, here here is a thing that was created so long ago by people who cared so much about it that it stood up for 120 years. Uh, and it's housed people for 120 years. And what it needs right now is somebody to come along and set it up so that, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to fix some of the things that have started to wear down. We're going to uh, now now we care a lot more about energy efficiency and sustainability and climate change and things like that. So we're going to we're going to focus our energy on reducing those those costs. And I'm sure you guys have had conversations with people in the city that talk about uh, their utility bills, living sure, in yeah. a triple-decker, and what For happens sure. when you have electric heat in the wintertime around here in an old building. Oh, hell yeah. 
Yeah. Nope. <laughs> yeah, the guy on the third floor doesn't run his heat, and the guy on the first floor has to run it in the Right. And, it, yeah. and his I bill is like 400 bucks a month. Yeah. <laughs> I lived on the third floor, and I currently live on the first floor. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've seen both yeah. sides. Yeah. Yeah. So just like we, we, the, first of all, the most efficient building you're going to build is the one that already exists. Yeah. So when it comes to thinking about climate change and how do we reduce our impact, reusing the existing building stock is a huge part of that. We have these things in our city. Some of them need to be, you know, modernized and repaired. Uh, I I get really excited about doing that work. Yeah, that's that's kind of where where we come from on that. And we, um, like I said, we've been doing it for three years now. And what's really, uh, I don't know, kind of rewarding for me. And I I think uh, you talk to a lot of people that I work with, they would say the same thing is seeing how far we've come in that time in terms of what we understand about these buildings, but also just, you know, everyone, we learn a few things. You know, we talk to the tenants who are living in our buildings and our, our oldest building, you know, they've been living there two and a half years now. We talk to them and they say, well, I really like this. I don't really like this. And we can incorporate that feedback the next time around. That's, yeah. it's, it's just exciting for us to be continually trying to do better. I also like the idea that you guys are now being part of your community, like your Swedish builders that you referenced before. You guys are becoming stakeholders in Worcester and you're helping build this community and you guys are taking the time and the effort to build a lasting community. These are big words, but is in your eyes, is that a way to help fight gentrification? Is that a way to help keep these housing costs, these multifamily housing costs down to the point where they can be affordable and continue to be passed on and be, whether it's a stepping stone or whether it's a long-term investment or whatever position for somebody? Like, is this the way that we can help fight this shit that's coming to our city? Oh, I know said, you said the G word. I understand, uh, and I yeah. trust me. Like I, I, I am so fascinated by it because I know not no one person can do something to prevent it. No one person can stop it. We can really. It's fucking so easy to point out, and it's so easy to throw shade at it. But it's so difficult to fix or prevent or do anything about it. So I'm just. Every time I get an opportunity to talk to somebody that has some type of experience or. I, I, I want to learn more. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I agree that it's it's such a, I, I appreciate you saying that it's a complex issue because it is. And we do a disservice to ourselves by trying to make it simpler than, than, than the reality. Uh, I, the way I think about it is that there are there are you need different levels of housing, right? Like this is this is not rocket science. You know, there, there are people out there that want to spend uh, you know, 22 or whatever, $2,200 a month, whatever the 145 front is renting for and uh, the new buildings that are coming online are going to be renting for. There are people out there that want to spend that and they right. want that like kind of luxury, amenity-rich feel. But it's important to them that their building have a golf simulator and a dog wash, sta- <laughs> dog wash station and a pool. And you know what? If that's what you want, like good for you. Yeah. But not everybody wants that. Not everybody can afford that. Not everybody uh, should afford that. Uh, so then you... You kind of go and you say, okay, that's the top, right? right? Now, there is a demographic underneath that of people that I would, uh, uh, you know, say they, they you know, they're, they have a decent job. They, they make a good salary. Maybe they're double income, no kids, uh, whatever it is. And they want, they just want quality housing. So you got to have, have something for them, but maybe they don't care about the dog wash station, you know? Uh, and that, that, that's actually a really difficult segment to build for because, 
there's a lot, you know, every developer out there that's going to build a hundred unit building is either going to want to go to that, that very top bracket because that's where all the money to be made is, or the very bottom bracket, because there's a lot of support for that in terms of money from the government. So, uh, you get a lot there. And then we talk about that as the missing middle that like everything from that person that just doesn't want the dog washing station and doesn't want to pay $2,200 a month down to like the person that doesn't quite qualify for section eight, but you know, is going to be pushed out of their apartment by gentrification. Like somebody has to be working in that missing middle. Uh, and I, I get excited by that. You know, I, I, that's a niche, right? Exactly. And a lot of my kind of sustainability, uh, let's call it, you know, consulting career has been about affordable housing because there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, government involved in that. And the good and bad thing about government is that they can make big decisions that have big impact. So they decide that they want that portfolio to be green. And now they, because of the, the resources that they can bring to bear, they can make that happen. And that's been exciting to work in. I'm excited to try to apply that to to the the next demographic, and we work really hard on this. Uh, some of the stuff we build is the stuff that's going to bump right up against the bottom of the 145 front, and some of the stuff you know is is that right above the the um, you know the the subsidized affordable range. And both of those projects, like they they have unique challenges. It's sure, uh, you sure, know, sure, yeah. You know, I. I, I have to pay my uh, my people a, a living a living wage, and they deserve that. They work really hard. Uh, construction materials have gotten more expensive, unfortunately, and some of that's due to tariffs and things like that. Um, so that's that's kind of a headwind. But the other the other side of that is the city is now bringing online some resources to um, help folks like me, who I I would classify us as a small scale developer in the city of Worcester who want to, you know, we want to have deleted units, like basic standards of quality. I, <laughs> you know, you should be able to, if, if you've got a, you know, a four year old and a two year old, you should be able to live in this city and not have to worry that you're poisoning your kids. It's not, no one, no one should be, uh, you know, a friend of mine recently was, uh, was speaking, he said, no one should be homeless in this country. Nobody should be hungry. And I would extend that. Like, you not only do you have a right to kind of like come here and expect that you're going to have an opportunity to have housing, but it should be safe housing. Right. Exactly. Uh, and that's shouldn't be a dungeon. Right. And I, I should say we're recording this, um, you know, a very unfortunate news yesterday, a, a firefighter passed yes. yeah. uh, in a triple decker, um, you know, a, just this story is heart rendering in so many ways because our work in the city has put us, you know, in conversations with those folks about how we can make those buildings safer. And what I know is how hard everybody tries. Yeah. And so it's so, you know, just tragic that, um, you know, somebody who, uh, <laughs> this story is like, you know, they think they're, they're, they're looking for a mother and her child. That's why they're in that building. Uh, he saves, you know, two members of his crew. One guy's a probationary guy, so he didn't have as much experience and made sure he got yeah. out. Like, that's not so not, no, the, not only is he a firefighter, he's an educator. He was raising up the next level of firefighters. Yeah, there's, there's so and many there things. there was no baby, right? Right, there, apparently not. Uh, and, and, you know, that's nobody's, that's nobody's fault either because I'm sure there's a lot of confusion On the, at the scene and panic. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know, the, whoever's calling that in and thinks that person's up there, like, it... Uh, you need to convey that information. Right. Like that's the, if there is somebody up there, the fire department sure wants to know that, and they gotta act like there is now that they do know that. So I, you know, we 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 hear those things, 
And it just it drives home the point that the safety of these these buildings is really important. Uh, and that's that's a big part. I mean, sustainability uh, is not all about fire safety any more than it's all about solar panels. But that is a big part of the renovations that we do is in modernizing these buildings. There's a lot of things, a lot of steps that you take that are just to make sure that should the worst thing happen, uh, the impact of that worst thing is minimized on the people that are living there and the folks that are going to come and try to save their life. Yeah. So I that that work I'm, I'm both proud of and, you know, my, my heart's kind of broken because uh, some, you know, there are three kids. Yeah. Their dad didn't come home. We're a year, a year basically away from the last time this happened. I know, and not that long ago there was another you know firefighter davies i remember from yeah uh, he, he was i think it was 2013 or so it was right around there yeah and then of course the six from which i <clears throat> i didn't live in worcester at the time but i remember you know seeing on bill clinton coming to massachusetts on oh the news, yeah you know, so that was a big deal too so it's it's just uh these the the thing that i i tell the people is worcester is a small town uh and it looks like a big city. We've got tall buildings, but there's only 150,000 people here. And like, we all, we, we are more of a community maybe than we realize. Yeah. Uh, and we all owe it to each other to, uh, you know, do the best thing we can do for our neighbor. Agreed. Yeah. Well said. Thank you. I've been asked a lot of the questions. You got anything for them? Uh, <clears throat> sorry. I was like, totally distracted. Um, actually I do have questions. So Ellen and Ian, Send me open questions. <laughs> That's very sweet of them. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, what did I do? Um, all right. As a WPI guy, what was your favorite college bar to go to? Ooh. You know, uh... <laughs> the Boyden. It's definitely the Boyden, yeah. by, by the way. That's... That was, uh... Uh, that... It's funny because it's evolved, and I it, because of Dead Horse a little bit, I've become friends with Steve John, the guy that owns it. Yeah. Uh, and... He it that that is a fascinating story, by the way. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. like a little pizza hole, right? Wasn't it like was, a little it, tiny spot. When I got here, it was a little pizza hole. But what's crazy <clears throat> about it is, so it's the Boyton, and they also own the building that's got the liquor store in it with the apartments above. Yep. Yeah. Uh, his the story that I heard, uh, and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here. His dad won that in a poker game in the fifties. Really? What? Yeah. That's so sick. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, we're trick. We're chasing down this story. I know That's you, you got you to call Stevie John because that he took. I mean, he told me that story, and it could be you know it could be like one of those tall tales, but yeah. I don't think it is. <laughs> and when I think about how crazy that is, he wanted so his dad wins a building, and his dad's like running this little hole in the wall piece of place, and Stevie's in college, yeah. and he's he's you know coming home, working with his dad trying to help him you know run this thing and he's getting more and more involved uh and and eventually winds up taking it over and then what he's built out of that is so crazy to me because that thing is a like as a as a restaurateur and being in involved in a, a whole nother business that we like haven't even really talked yeah about. really i don't uh, know if we're gonna have time uh, for this. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. I, which i i would just say i i love that business i love how different it is than engineering i there are so many things that are both the same uh, for us in terms of like the focus on the guest and the customer uh, and, and just trying to be, you know, 
nice and thoughtful and the impact in the environment like that's those are all things that i love about it i'm also an engineer so like emotions and feelings are not my strong suit so i love that it pushes me out of my comfort zone there yeah. uh but just knowing what i know about the the hospitality industry and being involved in that and then seeing what a juggernaut the boyden is yeah i mean that that place it it Wild. just people love it so it, it's there's something there that people really really like uh and i loved it you know i went there all the time when i was in college there it's grown you know he's made it bigger and bigger and bigger and added seats and uh you know made it it, it's a beautiful uh kind of construction that he's done um and and just how it has this incredible staying power yeah uh busy all the time that lot is always full yeah the point where they can they can employ the guy that is the parking attendant just to make sure yeah man he's the man yeah but just to make sure he's always in a good mood yeah he is (laughs) They found a good one for that one. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's like another thing with them is what I've noticed. I mean, I have a lot of friends that work there, but they do not lose their staff ever. <laughs> like nobody ever, ever, ever wants to leave working at that place. Even if they get a full-time job somewhere else, they always cut down and do like a night or two. Like I've that's seen some of the same people there for, oh, you know, 10 years, 15 years I've been going there. Not all of them, but like. Yeah, right, people majority. stay for a very, very, very long time. Their turnover rate is wildly low, which is really impressive to see. Yeah, for a place like that—that's humongous, crazy. All right, uh, so Boyden. Um, yeah, and that, I should also mention because it's closed now. The Northbrooks, right? Like, which was that was oh, a yeah. We we did love that bar. They had they had these things called Doctor J's that I'm pretty sure is just like six different kinds of booze and maybe like a splash of pineapple juice or something. <laughs> uh, and oh. Though that was, I mean, the nights that uh, were the craziest in in college had something to do with that or uh, the other. <laughs> the random aside, but my mother, uh, my mother, I can remember like my junior year of college, she discovered this recipe that was called Skip and Go Nakeds, which oh, I know. I, wait a minute, what? I do know these. Yeah, Keep going. Okay, and it's basically <laughs> it's a bunch of rum. No, this, this is what it is. It's a okay. handle of vodka, and I think it's two, like, you get the frozen uh, lemonade things, like ah. pink, pink lemonade, So you yeah, just, yeah, yeah. and you don't do anything. You just put those in there, put your handle of vodka in, and you, like, stir that shit up, and then you just put it in a Corona. In a Corona? Right. It's chaos. Like, just chaos would ensue. Uh, so those in Dr. J's, like, in college... When huh. the nights happened where everybody, you know, might have been a little overserved and, and had a little too much fun, those, those two things. Okay. Your skip and go nakeds are very to our jungle juice, which essentially uh, was the grain alcohol because we can get grain in Connecticut. You guys can't get it up here, which is stupid. Uh, and uh, it's okay, we don't need it. <laughs> well, because you would take that shit and you would take yeah. the powdered Kool Aid mix and you just dump in the powdered Kool Aid mix and use the, the grain as water and oh. you mix it down. You wouldn't taste, I mean, you would taste the alcohol, but it wouldn't taste as unpalatable. Right. And the, the thing that always makes me laugh when I remember this, because, you know, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm 35, I've been out of college for a while is my mom is the one that gave me the recipe. That's and my mom is not, like, she's not a, a party animal. <laughs> it just sounds like your mom's an awesome person. Right, right. She's like, oh, you might enjoy this. I had a really, we had it the other night at some dinner party, and everybody seemed to have a really good time. <laughs> Separate news, my head hurt the next day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unrelated. <laughs> yeah. All right, so where do you like to go now? Aside from you know, Dead Horse and Sunday. We, uh, I mean, honestly, 
I'm a pretty boring person. Like okay. I'm I'm happily married. My wife is the same way as me. Our our like ideal Thursday night is to just make dinner at home. She's a great cook. Uh and I really enjoy that. I'm really, really good at opening a bottle of wine. Oh, and nobody's nobody's better at it. Yeah, uh, and 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 watch her watch her cook. But that's like our our favorite Thursday night. Uh, you know, if we want to go on a date on the weekend, we do go to Dead Horse because yeah, how could you not? Uh, other spots in the city, though. I mean, I love Vincent's for what it is. Uh, I had a very long conversation about that yesterday as well. Jess and I almost took our meeting to Vincent's for sandwiches. Because we were talking, which we talked about on the podcast yeah. that's out this week. So that's two days in a row. That sandwich is, I need it. Yeah, so good. It's an awesome, awesome spot. Oh, yeah. I've never tried it. I've never tried the meatball sandwich. I've been to Vincent's a handful of times, but. I've never tried it, like, in a condition. Like, it, it, it's not, I mean, there's nothing, don't get me wrong. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with a meatball sandwich. Like, but there's something about the whole experience Understood. that really shapes it. Yeah. So, like, you're saying I shouldn't try the sandwich until I'm at least two to three drinks in. Exactly. But you got – and it's like you got to be there. You got to be drinking, yeah. you know. People come in and get them to go, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, it yeah. doesn't work that way. It's like you have yeah. to eat it here. And you're going to, like, go listen to some music out back, which, by the way, their backyard, the first time I saw that place, I thought I was in Kentucky. Yeah. It's like, how is that in Worcester? Yeah. I So that's my favorite thing about that bar. Back when I worked at Armsby, uh, I mean, this girl Jess – Usually work the same nights. Whenever we'd get cut early, one of us would stay until the other one got cut, and then we'd go straight to Vincent's, get a meatball sub, and just sit in the grass. And I was like, this makes no sense to me that I'm sitting here right now. Like, right. you do not feel like you're in Worcester in any aspect of that bar. When you first walk in, you're like, "Where? what is this? Like, how is this in the middle of the city? And the Wootenini guys were having comedy jams out there, yeah. showing out on the grass. Like I'm, yeah. I'm bummed I missed those. Yeah. That we go on a like Sunday, a- and like John's playing out back, or in, in the way he plays inside. But it's such a cool place. Yeah, I, things like that, like just kind of make living, uh, living in a city like Worcester that that's kind of on the rebound, and you know sometimes some things happen that you're not exactly thrilled with. Or, yeah. uh, it makes what it... Are you, what are you talking about, Bert? Uh, I don't know. You talking about a bar closing? <laughs> yeah. uh, I completely agree. It's it's the weird little niche places, the, the places that offer some type of setting or situation or experience that is not overly clean. Maybe it might be a little dirty. Maybe it might be a little grimy or, or even a little dangerous at times. Like, that's, that's the thing about living in a city that I, I love. Right. Yeah. That's the community that I want to be a part of. For sure. For sure. Um, Twitter. Oh, boy. Who's your favorite Twitter follower? Follower? Yeah. Or your favorite person to follow on Twitter? That was one of the questions that... Oh, man. Are you a big Twitter user? Uh, okay. So I, I have, like, a love-hate thing going on with social media because I, I... I... What, what happened to my, like, cohort of people was... Facebook came to WPI, I think, in 2006, sure. which was my junior year of college. Okay. And so it was like, oh, my God, you can connect with people from high school and mostly just share drunk, stupid photos. Yeah. Uh, yep. And then so that like goes on for a couple of years. We all get jobs. We're out in like the real world. And, you know, you're still 23. So you're going to parties and like having a good time. 
And all of a sudden, people started losing their jobs. And, and you know, I, I never really worked for a company that would have been all about that. But I, I had friends that went into, like, criminal justice. I remember a good friend of mine losing her job at a police station because uh, some shit that was posted on Facebook. That's so insane. Yeah. And I so, get it. But, like. Right. From, from the past. All right. We don't need to get into this. Anyway, I, keep going. It was contemporary. She, I don't remember the exact circumstance because gotcha. it was a long time ago. But it was like yeah. something happened on Facebook and you started to hear these stories. And so I deleted mine because at the time, like, I'm working for a publicly traded company. Like, I, I was getting more responsibility. I was getting promoted. Like, I don't want to deal with this. Sure. Uh, and I have not gone back to Facebook since then. Twitter, I think, somebody convinced me, uh, uh, you know, five or six years ago that Twitter is kind of a cool thing and is a great way to, like, get get different access to conversations that are happening sure. that might be about like, you know, I follow a lot of journalists. I'm sure a lot of people yeah. do uh, I follow a lot of journalists. I've got like my Worcester people that are just talking about Worcester and like different stuff going on in Worcester. And then I, I you know, you wind up kind of falling into these rabbit holes. Like uh, a really good friend of mine, um, she was, she was a matron of honor at, at my wedding. Uh, she, she got her PhD at UMass uh, and went on to, you know, she's a cancer researcher. She actually moved to Australia, which is really cool. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> well, it's cool for me, too, because I get to go visit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, so thank you, Aaron. Um, <laughs> but so she's on Twitter and I'll, I'll like follow her. And now all of a sudden, because of algorithms and the world we live in, I've got all these like academic people talking about what it's like to go get a job as a PhD professor, like an adjunct professor at some college. And I'm like, I, you know, on the one hand, it's fascinating because it's a world I know nothing about. And yeah. it's like all uh, different experiences in life. It, you know, you, you learn a little bit by, by reading about it. On the other hand, you wind up inevitably because it's Twitter and it's a bunch of people wanting to shout at each other, getting exposed to all these, you know, uh, even though I, I don't follow all the crazy right-wing people, I've, I've gotten exposed to enough of the left-wing people who want to just screen share what the crazy right-wing people are saying and yell about that and then have a conversation because somehow, like, everybody uh, – it's just a big screaming match. And that that depresses me because I think we need less of that. Yeah. My girlfriend deletes Twitter every, like, couple weeks. <laughs> right. <laughs> she'll, she'll literally get, like, sad over it. Right. I am the opposite. I'm like, I love it. So I get – 99% of my news Facebook I don't I mean I have it obviously but I don't really like use it as much Twitter I live and die by I think it's the greatest thing in the world I mean Instagram is my favorite but like in terms of getting news Twitter 100% but she's the opposite where she's like I can't take it anymore I'm like I love it <laughs> by, by the way so Ellen and Ian I think they know something about me which and they're trying to they're trying to get me to say this which is Sue Mailman is my favorite. That's literally the question. <laughs> well, I screenshot them so I wouldn't forget them. Ian needs you to bring up at Sue Mailman. So I thought that was a person. So I tried it to... Is. No, it is a person. Really? It's I couldn't figure out who it was. Okay, so okay, I'm glad you brought that up. What's hilarious to me about uh, Sue Mailman, so she is uh, she owns uh, or is the president of, I don't know exactly, but uh, Coughlin Electric, which is okay. a big oh. union electrical contractor. Yeah. Like, they're a huge construction company. They helped us out with uh, the Potwell, the, the light. Coughlin Electric did the electrical on the, the light-up mural. Oh, really? Oh, that's awesome. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, they're, so she's a Worcester person. She's really involved in, like, the school <laughs> committee and some other stuff. Uh, but she's definitely, like, the baby boomer generation. And, uh, I mean, I I hope she doesn't listen to this because I I really, <laughs> I really do like her a lot. Uh, but she's probably my mom's age. And, like, she doesn't 
you know, somebody like you, Ricky, who's going to use Twitter, is going to be like, uh, it, you just know, like, the, the kind of conventions that everybody's going to use. She does not. Really? I got to uh, follow her right now. Oh, <laughs> and it's, it's hilarity ensues. It's like somebody says something and it will be like, nice, period. <laughs> it just makes my day. Really? Because it's so genuine. It's like she cares, so she's. It, it's that. That's her, right? Yep, that's Man, her. Okay. Sue. <laughs> yeah. Follow. Uh, and she just got two followers. <laughs> nice. Boom. She's she's awesome. Uh, and so I excited. I was telling Liz Brooks about this. Uh, and, at one point when Liz had just started here, I'm like, yeah, you know, Twitter, I'm trying to like get into this. And like my, I really want to like, uh, get followed by, by Sue Mailman and Liz for like six weeks. Like she's, she's like working on the, the company Twitter. She's like thinking about Instagram, whatever. She thinks it's Sue the Mailman. (laughs) (laughs) And we, we keep having conversations about this and I'm like, yeah, Sue Mailman. She's like, what? Is he talking about? <laughs> That's so funny. That's awesome. Have you seen the Table Talk Twitter account? Yeah. Do you guys know what's going on with that? Because it confuses me. It confuses everybody. Like, For- it, it. I'm obsessed with it. It's literally my favorite thing. Probably, that is my favorite thing on Twitter. Um, because these, we have no idea what it is. These pies wicked an hour ago. So what we know. <laughs> tweeted today? Yeah. Yes. What we know about the Table Talk Pies yes. account is that. We're fairly certain it's ran by somebody inside the Table Talk company. It's an inside job. Um, our friend Caitlin runs their Instagram. I'm okay. sure you've met Caitlin. I, yeah. Um, so she doesn't run the Twitter. And everybody asks her who it is. And she swears she doesn't know. There have been a couple tweets that came out that reference uh, stuff that happened during meetings or during like company outings where anybody outside of the company wouldn't have known about it, which leads her to think it's somebody within the company. She has her suspects, but nobody's admitted to it. Yeah. They because also it, don't want them to stop. Yeah. Like, it's, right. it's so endearing. It's so just fun to stumble across and a little odd, but it makes it kind of fun to interact with. Yeah. Right. Because it, it, like, the one, one of my favorites was like, it, that, that made it clear to me that they both, know what's going on at Table Talk and are definitely not the official voice of Table Talk. Yeah. Is is they they had one that was like, we got A's in line. Adam, free pie. And I'm like, <laughs> what? And then like an hour later I get an email because, you know, Albert, I get an email from from uh Margot Valdez who w- works here and she <laughs> You know, as a hip Worcester person, she's like, hey, you just so you know, you can go over to Table Talk, get a free pie today because your name starts with A and like that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's so funny. But you wouldn't get that from like, we got the A's in line, Adam free pie. I'm yeah. Like, like, right. <laughs> what? Um, I think whoever does it takes content from their Instagram, puts it in some like blender and then puts it out as broken English. Yeah, because right. it's kind of on, like, it's a little on point with, like, what the deal of the day is or, right. or what's going on. Um, but it just makes no sense. It's the most insane. It's so insane. I When, when it first started happening, when Caitlin started at Table Talk, that's when I was like, oh, I, you know, I'll follow this company. Like, I mean, I knew Table Talk forever, but, like, right. I probably wouldn't have followed them on Instagram. Right. But she was in charge of running it, and I was like, I uh, gotta make sure you're doing this correctly because like right. she had she never had an Instagram before 
So, like, I, she would post something, and then, like, two minutes later, I'd, like, stop posting pictures of the white background. And she was like, leave me alone. Right. <laughs> and I started pulling the Twitter, because I found that. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, that's not me. I'm like, whatever you're doing, stop. She's like, I promise you, that's not me. I don't even know how Twitter works. Like, this isn't me. And then we realized that it started in, like, 2015. Right. Which was, like, years before Caitlin started working there. So I was like, oh, my God, it's not you. Who is this? Whoever this is needs to stop. And, like table talk would like they asked everybody inside the company they would tweet out things being like they tweeted at table talk twitter like people that work at table talk being like hey email this person that works in corporate we have something for you we love what you're doing and they they don't like it they don't tweet back like there's zero interaction at all they just send out things and then move on with their life this is this is genius it's amazing i have a wild conspiracy theory for you please Is it I, I peel orange. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, is it I peel oranges very well? It could be. It's that same type of. I don't believe so. If so the, that the person is doing the two best things that have ever happened to Worcester social media, I will I cry. I don't think so. I don't right. think he's doing. No. So there's uh, there's a suspect that's well up in the organization that's kind of like Sue Mailman. The way right. you described it, she's a little bit older, uh, and she this she doesn't have a lifetime of social media and, and computer interaction. Yeah, they think it's her, but she won't admit to it. Hmm. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Exactly. I I hope we never find out. Some Me some things are. I mean, kind of like with oranges. Yeah. Right. I don't want to know who that person is. Same, yeah. because it's gonna. Yeah. I don't want to see how the sausage is made. I want to pretend Santa's real. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Sorry, there's kids. there's not enough there's not enough of that in the world. We need, no, we need no, more. there's like zero of that in the world. Right. <laughs> Mostly due to social media. We know everything. But yeah, no, it's cool. All right. Um we probably should switch over to our Stokes and Pokes. We can do that. I think that's the last of my four we pull out. Uh we didn't get a chance to talk about it at length, but is there anything that you want to talk about for either Simjang or Dead Horse? Dead Horse came first, obviously. Dead Horse came first. Dead Horse to me. I, I will just say this. Uh, first of all, very lucky to work with Jared and Sean and uh, and Julie Oje. They are all incredibly talented in a way that I am not. Uh, I, I'm really good at spreadsheets. That's <laughs> that's that's like a skill. It's my superpower. But uh, they, you know, they make people feel good. The the. Uh, the drinks that they curate, the food that they make, uh, incredible. So I'm just really, really lucky to have met them and gotten to work with them. So grateful for that. Uh, yeah, and I think I would leave it at that. As I understand it, they are also lucky to have met you because having dipped my toes in the, in the hospitality industry, the spreadsheets are the thing that takes up the most time, but tends to be where you make the money, where you because there's the margins are so low that you right. need to make sure that the spreadsheet works out and that you have the right. So, I mean, it could be a testament as to why those two organizations are doing as well as they are is that they have somebody really strong in the bookkeeping aspect that can help guide them towards yeah. success. I- I, I, I will take that. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, but as as just a customer and as somebody part of the community, thank you for being a part of our culinary fabric. And I don't know. You literally had the best brunch. That Dead Horse brunch is my favorite thing to do in the entire city of Worcester. That's I, awesome. I want to get everything on the menu, but I can't stop getting the breakfast sandwich because it's so big and just like, oh, God, I miss it. <laughs> I haven't been to brunch in so long. <laughs> I might have to do it. Actually, it might be this weekend. 
that's nothing to do with Biden. <laughs> now I'm like thinking, I'm like yeah, making budget plans for the weekend. Uh, yeah. I haven't been that dead horse since our anniversary back in May, but Derek and everybody over there took real good care of us. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. I was at Simjang on Tuesday. Were you? Yeah. I went to Simjang. Yeah, that's why I had my birthday dinner at Simjang. And Jared was running around. He had just got some new mushrooms in and like, I don't know. It was. Uh, yeah. Uh, he gets all excited about that. And <laughs> what's funny for me is, I, I mean, I, I love mushrooms uh, as much as the next guy, I would say. But my wife, uh, Anna, she is, she does like a little dance. Like she. So she's right up there with him. doing. Oh, that. yeah. Like she loves mushrooms uh-huh. uh, and is over the moon anytime we get new mushrooms in. So. Huh? I'm not a mushroom guy. Naomi, Same. vegetarian, loves mushrooms, like, gets the mushroom ramen, like, that's her thing. I'm like, cool. Fried chicken all day. Right. Yeah, same. All yeah. day long. Uh, Sarah brought home oyster mushrooms that look hideous. I mean, she cut them up. They look fine when you do that. But as together, she got them from the Asian supermarket. They just look like this amorphous blob of mushrooms, almost like a tumor or a growth. Huh. And she's okay. like, I'm going to chop this up and eat it. I'm like, yeah, you have fun with that. See, like, I know. You, you, gotta, you definitely got to know what you're doing. But like, I, one of my favorite stories about Jared is I, I took him golfing. Like, he, he likes to play golf. He's terrible at it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, I'm like, yeah, come on, let's go golfing. And it was like a day or two after it rained, and we're, we're driving around in the golf cart. Slams on the brakes. He's, like, leaping out of the car, and he is collecting uh, uh, Hen of the Woods mushrooms. And they grow um, next to certain types of trees a couple days after it rains, and they look like a tumor. Sure. Uh, and they are full of bugs. So we he finds in the in the space of like the length of time it takes us to play two or three holes he finds like six of these things and we're we're paying people you know thirty dollars something like that for for one of them so it's like hey we've you know paid for the round of golf yeah uh, and he gives me one to take home to Anna and uh, the thing you got to do is you're like whacking it in the sink to get all the bugs to come out and there are so many bugs really oh my god it was so wild That's- but it's so good. Huh. All right. Yeah. Not my thing. I'll take your word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if yeah. that was like convincing. Yeah. Oh, oh, come to Dead Horse. We get the bugs out for you. Yeah. <laughs> we bang the bugs out for you. All right. Yeah. That's as good as anyway. <laughs> take us away, solid. That's awesome. When you hit him with those stones, ow! <laughs> Gotta slap him with those pokes. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Stokes and pokes. Thank you, Solon. All right, I'm going to kick this pig. Once I bring up my little note sheet. Yeah. All right, Stokes and Pokes time. Uh, We'll start with a poke because that's how you do it around here, apparently. I don't know if I've ever brought this up on the show. I feel like I haven't. Ricky doesn't remember it either, but if I have, call me out. Um, As a graphic designer, I have a particular uh, thing that sticks me. I don't know. We'll call it a pet peeve that logos i think logos need to fully represent the business they're they're representing as well as the product they they make and pizza places are notoriously bad for having some just very boring and lackluster logos um not to call out specific companies but like marlboro house of pizza why is your logo a pizza slice with like some weird traily thing why is it not a house made out of pizza like why don't you make a gorgeous fucking pizza house like you know what i mean with like giant pizza doors like you could do it and it would be so and then kids would see it and be like i need to go to pizza house 
Um, or there's a place up on Route 9 going out towards Shrewsbury um, that's Pepperoni Express. But their logo is not a train with giant pepperoni wheels putting up, like, pizza smoke or something. Like, it's huh. just something. I, I don't know. So it's... Uh, Look around, you will notice that pizza places especially, but a lot of places, don't really have the best logos. And I might even just start a thing where I start finding, like, Poco Logo kind of deal. Where, like, why isn't this a banana? I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Why isn't this pizza place's logo a banana? Yeah. I mean, if they were, like, Bananarama Pizza Place, then you better be a banana pizza. Anyway, that's weird. So that's what I'm poking. And I am stoked. This is going to be super nerdy. But I am stoked that my brother comes home in a week. That's not the nerdy part. Uh, he's <laughs> been out like, in San Jose. That's a normal thing. Like. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's been out in San Jose. Uh, but I'm – so what I'm trying to do is finish up all my work before the 21st, 25th, um, so that I can take a week off, which I haven't done in a very long time. Um so that we can play a video game together. Okay. <laughs> I, I've downloaded The Outer Worlds. Are you are you a video game guy at I all? I am a video game guy, but I don't know that one. What's so The Outer Worlds is by Obsidian Entertainment. It's by some of the dudes that made the early Fallout games, like Fallout 2, Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas. Um, it's basically Fallout meets No Man's Sky. And you, like it's, it's Fallout in the sense that you have VATs, but they don't call it VATs. They have, you have to go explore and interact and your interactions play a part in the greater storyline um you i think you have like some pretty mega choices to go down two different threads so Mm. which choice you depend puts you down a different story path um but we're just gonna pass and play and and hopefully crush it in three days but we'll see it's a very long game and like any of those follow-up games there's so many different nuanced things you can do Do like how long does it that that take to play because i i i was a i love mass effect one of my favorite games of all time uh, and all of those were pretty much like right on 40 hours, which I think is a good, like that's a good game. I think 40 hours for $60, I think 40 hours is a good. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much gameplay they're billing. Uh, I'll just try to do a quick Google search, but everybody's like, Should look at the first 15 minutes of gameplay. I'm like, that's not what I want. <laughs> I'm assuming it's around 40 to 60 hours of gameplay or of things to do. Um, which is fine. You can dip into the side quest stuff. Like, I'm playing Borderlands 3 right now in my spare time. I'm using air quotes because I don't really have that much. So, but what I like about that is that you can do, like, one mission. You play for 20 minutes. Right. Scratch an itch, and I can go back to work. Um, this one, I think, is going to be a humongous time suck that once we get into it, I'm not going to want to do anything else. So, I'm super poked. Uh, super stoked, rather. Super, super poked. I was going to say pumped, but I was like, no, you're in stokes and pokes, so you say stoked. <laughs> anyway. I'm really excited to see my brother um, and play video games and be nerdy. There you go. You got anything for us, Bert? Uh, I would like to say that I am stoked about uh, uh, something that I have seen happening more and more in the city, which is uh, espresso machines. Yeah. Uh, and yes. I'm not talking your crappy espresso machines. I'm talking like the big, sexy Lamazocos or, uh, you know, just anything that that is makes really, really good espresso-based coffee because... When I travel to other cities and they have it, and then I come home, and this was the case for a number of years, and the only place I could get an espresso was at Starbucks, that just depressed me. Yep. Uh, so in particular, and I, I really hope I don't mess up their name here because I keep typing it in wrong to Google, so now I've got like a complex about it, but there's there's a place kind of down, uh, sort of like, uh, well, it's near LaGrange Street in Worcester, uh, New Tradition. Oh, oh, New Tradition. That's the spot. 
Dude, I was about to say, are, have you been to New Tradition yet? <laughs> they are awesome. Yeah. The, like just the the way that space looks and feels and how they, they made it all themselves and it's like an old, cool, repurposed building. Like in love with that spot. Yeah. Huge, hugely stoked yeah. uh, on those guys. Uh, poke to anyone that does not have a super cool espresso <laughs> machine. Come on, we can do better. Yeah. Everybody wants this. It's Caffeine true. fast. <laughs> yes. Uh, Steam Energy Cafe does an undertow shot, which is mm-hmm. the espresso. I think espresso is on the top. And there's cold milk and vanilla on the bottom. Ooh. So you take it all in one big whoosh and Very it like good. blends in your mouth. Ed oh, from Steam yeah, yeah. got me into it. Yep. Now I have them once a week. Those That's awesome. freaking things are so damn good. Plus you get that nice jolt of energy real quick. Right. I'm drinking coffee from New Tradition that I made at home. Oh, you bought Anchorhead and brought it home? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Trying to be better. Had them grind it for you. Of course. I bought the bag. I thought I had a grinder at my house. I didn't. So I had to bring it back. And Aaron's like, are you kidding me? My <laughs> well, because one time I went in there, I was like, hey, I'm going to co- I think you and I met there. We were like going to record with somebody. And I was like, if I buy coffee, can you grind it for me? She's like, yeah. Like, All right, cool. We'll be back later. And then we were gone for way longer. I just dropped you back off your car. I didn't go back inside. I left. I went in like two days later. She's like, dude, you literally never came back on your coffee. I'm like, I know. Like, I totally forgot. So I bought it then. Had her grind it. And then when I bought coffee a couple weeks ago, I was like, I don't need you to grind it. I'm good. Two days later, I walked back in. I was like, I need you to grind it. I was like, I'm an idiot. Like, I don't know what I thought I had at home. I didn't have it. So, yeah, that place is the best. Yeah. Good good call out. Yeah. Yeah. They're homies. They were on the show a few weeks back. Oh, no kidding. I got to go back and listen to that one because I, I really I, I discovered it at random, like walking around that neighborhood one day. and Oh, red. Yeah. Super red. That's easily my favorite place. I, well, I met you and- We go I, once a week. Yeah. Typically. Yeah. Hang out there for hours. They're the nicest dudes. Yeah. Um, the coffee they use, Anchorhead, it's from Seattle. The guys who own that flew out and trained them uh, on how to actually like properly make lattes and all that stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Absolutely kill it. Yeah, it's great. Shout out to Aaron. Shout out to Jay and Joe. They're the best. All right. Take us um, home, Ricky. All right. So my poke, my Stoke and Poke kind of go together. I'm going to start with my Stoke just because then it'll make more sense. Um, like I said earlier, I've started a new job. I now work at Wistawares with Jess, Danielle, who I haven't worked with yet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's super fun. Come hang out with me every day. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. We'll be doing some super fun like marketing stuff coming up, which we had a pretty big meeting about yesterday. Oh, I so, heard. Oh, I heard about some of it. I yeah, I have. I'm a little involved too. Yeah, and that it, excites me. It's gonna be awesome. fun. We got some some really 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 great ideas. Um, and I don't have to work till two in the morning, which is beautiful. That <laughs> <laughs> life's over. You have a hard out. Uh, yeah, that's it. Um, all right. So, but my poke. The last two days, all right, downtown parking is, like, kind of crazy, as everybody knows. My poke is I've parked at the MLK garage, like, above Mezcal, two days in a row because there's, like, zero street parking. I want to try to figure out a way. I can't tell when, like, the arm is just up when you go to leave. Because, like, yesterday, like, the, the day before I paid... Oh, I'm with you. I, you know, par- I park in that garage because yeah. we, we ran it. Like, we have enough people here now that we can't use the lot anymore. Like, yeah. So I park I park over there, and 
for a while, like now we have a monthly pass, whatever, but for a while we didn't. And I would like randomly come in some days and the arms up. Yeah. And that's great. I can leave even if my car's been there a week. Like awesome. Yeah. Uh, now I just I, like, I don't, I don't get it. It's randomly up sometimes. It's down the other time. Wait, so like, if it's up, you don't have to pay. You, yeah, you just drive it up. Right. So like the day before I left, I mean, I got a, a lot earlier, like I'm at like four o'clock or whatever. And like, so you walk in, you pay, then you go to your car and then you go to leave and you like <laughs> beep the little ticket thing. Last night, I thought about it. I was like, I wonder if that thing's even, like, still up. Because I got out at, like, 8.30. Like, we were there rel- no, relatively late. And, uh, yeah, I paid, like, the 13 bucks or whatever it is to park there for however many hours. And I go to leave, and I come, like, down the ramp, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, the, the arm's just up. People are just driving right out. It's like... I mean, I, one secret I will tell you is that you can pay, if you're paying with credit card, you can pay at the station. Good to know. Uh, That's what so I do at Mercantile. I mean, too. people people super hate you if you're leaving at like five o'clock. Yeah, because it'll be a, a you line back everything and, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, they're behind you. Fuck them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's me, in which case, yeah. hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> or it's me because then I'm like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that's my poke. My my poke is just I just want to know when when that arms up like. Uh, the the one thing I do know is that it's got to do with snow removal. Sometimes it's not. This isn't always the case, but when they declare a parking ban, I think it's free to park in that garage. Yeah, because you get all the cars. Oh, because right. all the neighborhoods have to. You can't. Right, and so I'm like, uh, you know, I start my days pretty early here, uh, and I live walking distance. So I I will often leave my car there overnight. And back when we didn't have parking passes or whatever, I would. Uh, I would know that those were the days because yeah. uh, my, my car will sit for like a week sometimes. I'm not, I'm not a, you know, if I've got a meeting or something, I'll take it. But you can definitely, uh, you can definitely figure that out in, nice. yeah. Okay. Out. Good to know. Maybe I'll just look at one of those parking passes and make more sense. I mean, if you're using it all the time. I probably will be. There's no street parking. <laughs> well, I mean, so truthfully, if, if you're going to be working for them, you guys, get, you're going to have to do what they do. And they'll just shark up and down. What is that? Foster Street? Yeah. They'll shark up and down Foster Street waiting for street parking. You're going to have to get like a mini like Jess and be able to rip a Yui pretty yeah. much anywhere. She She's wild. Though. She'll like park somewhere and like leave her hazards on and her hazards are on for like an hour. She's like, wait for a spot. I'm like, you, what? That's not how yeah. you can oh. do that? <laughs> she's, she does it. She yeah. kills it. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm more of a like, I just want to like park my car and move on with my life. Same. Like, I'm not a very aggressive driver or parker at all. As somebody that took a lift down here that was so yeah. freaking fried of Well, you texted me that and I was walking over. I ended up parking at Mercantile because the MLK garage was full Palladium lot was full. Something else was full, too. I forget what I drove by. And then I finally was like, I'm just going to have to go park down that way. There's nowhere else to park. And then I parked my car, got out, got my backpack. And then you were like, oh, I usually park at the Mercantile. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm there right now. Like, then you're like, yeah, my lift. I'm like, I should have just took an Uber. It would have made way more sense. This morning. But, yeah, so that's it. Well, this has been super fascinating, man. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, Bert. Uh, hey, thanks, thanks for having me, guys. I really enjoyed the conversation. Likewise. I enjoy the show. I'm a fan. So, where do people uh, find out more about sustainable comfort and about you? I know you're not on Facebook, so don't even bother looking there. Uh, you, you can definitely follow me on Twitter if you want. I don't, I don't tweet a ton, though. I, I try. Uh, uh, it's at Bert Lava, uh, B E R T L A V A, because my last name's Lavalley. Uh, Lava. That's such a cool. You can learn about sustainable comfort at www.greenrater, as in R A T E R.com. 
uh, or follow us on Twitter. I think we're at SCI Green Raider. That's exactly what you are. Well, thank you so much. I, you now have two new followers on both those accounts. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Uh, and thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in the city, and thank you for making our city a little more sustainable. Yeah. Congrats on the five years. Yeah. Thanks, man. Oh, there's a party. We didn't get to bring up the party. The party. There is a party. Next week at Simjang. At Simjang. It's Thursday. Ooh, Alan's the one with the details. But we are, we are throwing a party. Uh, you guys should come. It's going to be fun. So this is November yeah. 21st. Is it a public party? You guys should come. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much. I was like, Ellen sent me something, but I don't know if it was like a... <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, we're celebrating. Thank you. Yeah. Don't come. Don't be there. I won't yeah. tell you the date we'll, anymore. We'll tell you how it was. Bye, guys. <laughs> all right. Well, I've been Travis. You can find me on the interwebs at Hunchback Travis. Uh, I've been Ricky. You can find me at DickChuck77 or Seltzer Time Official. Um, we still want you guys to record little like under one minute clips of your favorite dive bar memories. If you can send us the videos to seltzertimeofficial at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, I'm still working on putting together the, the dive bar eulogy episode. It sounds like we have a date, by the way. We do? Yeah. I'll Perfect. let you know. So yeah, so that that's going to be a good one. But I want to add those voices. I want to add those local voices. So please be our voice note or a video. Well, I'll get your voices on there. If you have our number, just text us the voice now. Well, that's also true. <laughs> yeah, find us on the social media. You can DM it. We'll, we'll figure one way or the other. But email it. Awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye, guys. Sorry for partying. Seltzer Time Podcast is a co-production of Seltzer Time Official and PD Productions. Our intro music is Maple Boy by No Trigger. Our outro music is By The Salt Request. To find past episodes, search for Seltzer Time Official wherever you find podcasts. If you can't find us, let us know by sliding into our DMs on Instagram, at Seltzer Time Official, and we'll get it fixed. Thanks for listening. See you next week.